Changing behavior is challenging, but we all know that somehow we need to be able to change something or continuously change so that we become the person we dream of becoming. And come to think of it, even the person that we want to be changes. And that's another topic altogether. So how do we change behavior, especially now that we're more stubborn than ever as adults? Let's try to clear things out. Hi, I'm Day, and you're listening to The Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today, we'll be discussing triggers by Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Ryder. As usual, let's talk about my three takeaways from the book, and there's going to be different takeaways if you do read the book. So one, a trigger is anything that reshapes our thoughts and actions. Two, knowing that we need to change doesn't do anything. It's about understanding that there's a difference between motivation, understanding, and ability. And number three is our environment shapes our behavior. So let's go straight to the first one. A trigger is anything that reshapes our thoughts and actions. And this is what I have deeply observed in the elections that happened in the US, Korea, and the Philippines. You see a person wearing a color or the symbol of the candidate that you don't vouch for. And your perception of the person changes drastically. And that is a trigger. And we've seen this destroy relationships and cause divisions. And even I was a victim of this. So uh, I was traveling for work and I saw something funny and interesting on the street. It was, a, it was an artwork. It was a mural. So I took a picture of it and posted it on social media. And the mural was um, dominantly pink. And I got a lot of messages saying that I was insensitive, etc. And a lot of hate messages too. Of course, people took it out of context since one, I was not a citizen of that country and I wasn't even in the country where the people were offended. It's funny, but that's what people do. So the point here is that we have to be wary of the things that reshape our thoughts and actions. Another example might be having these so-called belief triggers, which the book uh, mentions a lot. And one of the belief triggers that resonates a lot with me is, I always think, at least I am better than blank. And the problem there is that it gives us a free pass. Or the comparison should not be external but internal. Meaning, I should not be comparing myself with others but just myself to really see if I'm making improvements or changes or not. It's like, when I, it's like when I smoke. I always say that at least I'm not an alcoholic or a substance abuser. But see, that doesn't really allow us to change. It just gives a free pass or it's just an excuse so that I won't be able to change my behavior. Understanding our triggers makes us reflect and see how it greatly influences our lives. So think about your own triggers. This brings us to understanding. The second takeaway. Knowing that we need to change doesn't do anything. It's about understanding that there is a difference between motivation, understanding, and ability. This is why there are so many self-help books out there or even, I don't know, videos on diets, but it doesn't really change people. It's the belief trigger that says, if I understand, I will do it. But just because people understand what to do doesn't ensure that they will actually do it, even if you have knowledge on on that subject so for example i can say that i've studied people's behaviors a lot yes and some people do call me an expert on it but it doesn't mean that i can apply it to myself and that's a completely different thing altogether for example again i am from the military so i was from the military so i know about self-discipline and maybe self-control but that doesn't mean um do i practice it all the time no not not really 
And by the way, I get this question of what's the difference between self-discipline and self-control. So I'll kind of explain it. So self-discipline refers to achieving a desirable behavior. Self-control, on the other hand, refers to avoiding an undesirable behavior. So I can say, I have self-discipline to read a book or read the book every morning, let's say. On the other hand, you can say, I have self-control or I can control myself not to eat my fifth dessert or something like that, right? So that's the, that's the difference. Again, self-discipline, achieving the desirable behavior, self-control is about avoiding the undesirable behavior. So knowing doesn't mean that we will change. We have to have one, the understanding, which is what is it that I want to change? Two is motivation. Why do I want to change? And three is the ability, which is do I have the capability, resources, or tools to change? So if you have all of those, the change is going to be easier and you really have to do push yourself. And here's a belief trigger that is very important about change. We always want a reward. And that's kind of not the point in changing, which reminds me of my own belief trigger that I had was that I always think that my efforts should be fairly rewarded and i try to get away from this belief trigger but you know it comes back from time to time i i've come to understand that slowly and pretty recently that getting better is its own reward and if we do that we can never feel cheated or you know our efforts are not put to waste and speaking of knowing, uh, I had a struggle with another behavioral trigger, and this was a conversation I had with Anda, an executive coach. By the way, we do have an episode together, and she says that most people do struggle with this trigger, which is, if I change, I am inauthentic. And we can change not only our behavior, but how we define ourselves. So when we put ourselves in a box mark, that is not me, or I'm not good in math, I'm not good at this or that, we ensure that we'll never get out of it. Again, people change. The question is, are you doing it for the better or the worse? Let's now go on to the last takeaway. Our environment shapes our behavior. One of my favorite ones, right? And here's an interesting quote. If we do not create and control our environment, our environment creates and controls us. Yes, and that is why plans usually don't work. People say, oh, I don't want to plan because it's not working. But when we make plans for our future, one thing that we forget is that we seldom plan on distractions or take into consideration the environment that we are in. That's why plans don't work, but plans are very important. And we also think that the change that we achieve will be permanent, but that is not the case. Our environment changes, and if we do not follow up, our positive changes won't last. And this is why it's so true when they say surround yourself with the people that you want to be or be in an environment where it pushes you to do good or make good change. I do have a funny story on this, which which some of you might relate to. Uh, I always got distracted when I worked at home. So I started going to coffee shops to work just like the others. And when I realized that I'm not really doing work, I asked myself hard questions. And I was able to understand that when I went to coffee shops or I went to coffee shops, not because I wanted to get my work done, but because I wanted to show the people around me that I was a hard worker. So yeah, that didn't really help me. So what I did was I looked back and realized that I just needed a separate space for work at home, which was just getting a new foldable desk farthest from my bed since I lived in a studio unit then. 
Now, of course, it became a non-negotiable wherein I always have a separate office for myself that is just for work. Interestingly, I, I thought this was my only my issue. So I actually asked the friends, my friends and the people around me if, you know, why, why did they work in a coffee shop? And most of the time, I think 80% of them answered to me, it's because they wanted to show people that they were working hard, which <laughs> I don't know. This, it didn't make sense, right? Anyway, another interesting example is how people behave when they're in a different country. Think about it. When you're a different country, you actually behave differently. And it's because of the environment. You tend to adapt to it. And it's like when I was with my colleagues in Korea, we crossed the street, not in the pedestrian lane. And one of my colleagues blurted out that, are we allowed to do this? Isn't this a crime? And I asked him back, don't you always do this when you're back home? <laughs> so yeah, even if we think external factors don't affect us consciously and even more powerfully subconsciously, it does affect us whether we like it or not. So those were the three takeaways. One, a trigger is anything that reshapes our thoughts and actions. Two, knowing that we need to change doesn't do anything. It's about understanding that there is a difference between motivation, understanding, and ability. And three, our environment shapes our behavior. So if we want to change, it's not just about understanding that we need to. We have to be aware of our behaviors, triggers, ability, motivations, and environment. By the way, always remember that this is just a quick discussion and you can learn way more from the book, especially if you're interested or if you find yourself in the same situation as the examples that I've mentioned. If you want to start doing something, here's an actionable that can help you. To be more aware, the author gives us some questions to ask yourself. I think there's six. Here are the two of my favorite ones. At the end of the day, you can ask yourself, did I do my best to set clear goals? and follow it up with, did I do my best to make progress toward goal achievement? Try it out and hope it helps. And that was a quick discussion on Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Ryder. Thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment.